Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you in partnership with the Compassionate Friends and the Open to Hope Foundation. Well, we've got a great guest today, honey. We're going to talk about turning grief into creative expression, and, and she's certainly done that. And she's one of our Open to Hope writers, we're happy to say. Would you like to introduce her? Sure, Mom, I'd love to. Our guest today is Lauren Muscarella. Lauren founded Mama Quest in May of 2010, four years after she lost her mother to breast cancer. Since starting Mama Quest, she has launched Trauma to Art, a nonprofit which empowers others who have lost loved ones to use creative expression to cope. She is a writer for Open to Hope and is the author of Alice's Law, Finding Deeper Meaning and Honoring Lost Loved Ones. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great introduction. It's great to have you on the show. Your mother sounds like a pretty amazing person when you go in and read about her. Can you talk about her and and how this has inspired you to go on and do things on the internet, with starting with Mama Quest? Sure. It was a while ago that, that someone said to me, you know, a lot of people have lost parents and they haven't had this kind of really profound need to do something, even though it profoundly affected them. And I was thinking, you know, it's because of that. You know, my mom, like you were saying, she sounds like a pretty awesome person. When people have lost someone, sometimes they think, oh, you've lost a mother or a brother. And they really haven't. They've lost a actual person with attributes that meant something to them. And I felt like that was kind of getting lost when I was telling people that my mom had died. When I told them, because most of the time when I was young, I didn't really want to tell people because I got choked up and they got emotional and they didn't know what to say, so I would just completely avoid it. And then after I felt a lot better, I just wanted to tell stories because my mom is so awesome and it wasn't even necessarily about grief. I just wanted her to be known and that was my, that creative outlet and preserving those stories and memories of her that were so much richer at you know, closer to the time that she passed away till now. I mean, now it's been nine years since my mom passed away, and I'd love to say that the memories are the same, but they're not. But now that I have all these stories that I took the time to write down, I can go back to them like, oh, I didn't remember that. That's such a great detail. It means a lot in having this book, which is an amalgamation of a lot of things. It has some of those stories in it, so it's nice. I love the pictures of you and your mom on your website and in your book, and, you know, it's so touching. How old were you when she died? Were you 20? Is that right? I was 20. I was away at American University. Yeah. So, Heidi, you can probably deal with that, losing your brother at that age, how that is to have Absolutely. a loss. Absolutely. Yeah. I was the same age, Lauren. And it, it's a really surreal thing, I think, to be only 20 and, like you said, have your mom and my brother die and be in college. And you're so young. And I know that your experience, I'm guessing, is going to be similar in the fact that my friends had never lost a brother and they had no idea what I was dealing with. And I'm imagining that most of your friends had never lost a mother. True, and luckily, I haven't had any close friends lose their mom. I've had some friends mm-hmm. lose their father and other people who were very close to them. And, yeah, you know, and I, my friends, and I had the same friends from college that I've, you know, I'm still very close with them. And they were very loving and very understanding and wanted to be there for me as much as possible. But, of course, if you haven't, like all of us, we haven't experienced something we don't know what it's really like. And, you know, college is so much about having fun and going to parties and being, you know, excited and young and, you know, positive all the time. And I, and I was naturally that kind of person that was very involved in my sorority and in the social scene. And I found that there was not a lot of tolerance for long-term grieving. Even my friends that were supportive, they were supportive, but they were like, come on, Heidi, have fun. It's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. And my professors even went a step further and 
demanded after a week or two that I get my work in. I didn't find that there was a lot of leeway at that age for grieving. I don't know if that was your experience or not. I would say I think everybody responds so differently. Uh, My mom, Mm -hmm. a month, six weeks before my mother passed away, I was helping her into the house because she wanted to be in the hospital. She wanted to be at home for Thanksgiving. And I was helping her in, and she said, you can't stop living if something happens to mm-hmm. me. You can't leave school. You can't let your schoolwork fall. And I actually became a much better student and became much more focused. And I sort of felt like it was a good way to honor her wishes. And mm-hmm. I had already, and, and you know, I had been in school for a couple of years, so I had a really good, solid group of friends who were really supportive. Because I threw myself into work, I don't know what would have happened if I had asked for, you know, a little bit of time or lenience. I actually flew home the night of my mother's funeral to start my semester the next day. And when I got there, I told one of my professors that my mom had just passed away a week before and that I don't know how this is going to go for me and if you could give me, you know, time if I needed to go home. And he said, yes, of course. And I, like, bawled my eyes out in front of him. And I was like, I can't tell any more professors because obviously I'm just not ready to talk about it. Um, So I kind of had the opposite reaction and maybe a little bit out of, fear for what you did experience. I was afraid that that would happen, and I just kind of circumvented it. Well, and I think, Lauren, sometimes telling people and giving voice to it makes it really real, and it's really emotional to tell people because you're like, wow, this happened to me. This is real. Uh And, you know, the research shows exactly what you're saying, and my mom and I have found this over the years in working with families. There are kids like me that that don't do as well and can't concentrate and can't focus and kind of implode. And then there are kids like you who actually rise to the occasion and they do better and they they immerse themselves in their work and it's a a distraction. And so, you know, there's kids can go either way. I mean, we were 20, so we weren't key kids, but still, they can go either way after a loss. It's 20 is such a bizarre age because you're not a it kid, is. truly, but you're not totally. an adult, and you have no idea. You know, I'm turning 30 next week, so mm-hmm. at 20, I had no idea how much I did not know. <laughs> you know you're making I, a really good point. It's a, it's a hard age, Lauren, because I'm, I am struggling with this, too, because I don't identify with adult bereaved siblings. I'm an adult now, but I don't identify with what they went through initially. I identify far more with teenage, the teenage experience of losing a sibling because I was very connected to my family and I wasn't into my adult life of, you know, that I'm into now. I'm married now and I have mm-hmm. kids now. I was more attached to my family and to my brother than I would have been if I was in my adult stage of life. Of course. And, well, you know what I've noticed? So we do kind of skew younger. So younger people are attracted to the things that we write in, in the mission of my organization. But I do have a lot of people who are older but experience the loss when they were teens and young adults and they identify mm-hmm. with our material and our concept so much more uh, mm-hmm. than, of course, than someone who was 50 and lost their mother, which there can be points where you draw from and you see similarities, but it's not maybe a little bit harder to relate. Now talk about your content and your material when you talk about that. Sure. So so like you were saying when you said the title of the book, Honoring Lost Loved Ones is a big part of it. When I started Mama Quest, like I was saying, I wanted to let people know about her. I think it's a nice complimentary to what a lot of the services that you have on your site. We just want to come up with rituals to remember and find ways of turning our grief into creative ideas. So uh, a lot of the content, you know, the theme of all of our content is how can you live your life to the fullest and you know, 
turn it into something that your lost loved one would be very proud of. And it's kind of in addition to the grief part is a little bit, I don't know how to say it, not separate. But this idea of ritual was always really important to me, and I always wanted to explore it, and that's part of why I started the organization. So, yeah, so we have creative ideas in the book. And, you know, for instance, like one example would be on my mother's birthday, which is this week, I always donate blood. And then I'll take a photo of that and I'll write a post about it and then suggest some other things that you can do. And every single year for her birthday, I do that. Um, And it's just a night, and it's nice for me. It makes that day very special. And then I have, you know, like a wristband showing that I've donated blood to just be a little comfort and a nice little symbol. I feel like symbolism, since I started this organization, since my mom died, has become very important to me, rituals and symbols. And I never, I think I never really understood them as a kid. I, we went to church every Sunday and, you know, you stand up and you kneel and you do the cross and you do all those things and I didn't really get it. And, but then when I was older and I started doing some of this research, it's like, oh, when you shake hands and you say peace be with you, that there's symbolism to that ritual, that you're saying that you want peace for all of your neighbors around you. Yeah. So that's kind of the theme of all of our content. And you say uh, in your book, you talk about three areas, the mind, the body, and the soul. And in the mind area, uh, you talk about that everyone's an artist. Talk about that. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, you know, we all have this ability to be creative, and I think maybe we all are intimidated by the things that we don't know. I mean, I would be, there are some areas of things I would be so intimidated by, but since I've been doing art classes since I was a kid, it's something I'm comfortable with. But really, we all have this ability if given the tools to create something. We don't have to be, you know, we're not art students. Art students, there's a structure to that and they have, art schools have their own system. But, you know, our minds, we all have the ability to be creative. So given the tools and given a structure, which I I talk about this in the section, that structure is really important. You have endless possibilities. That's where people freeze up and clam up and can't necessarily create. But when you're given a structure, which is I hope what we do, different creative ideas, different creative, we have some things for creating haikus or um, listing out what you're grateful for and what you want to accomplish. Some of these creative exercises, you don't realize we've given a little structure. Hey, I just created something. Um, we did a haiku. You've got things that people can write about. I'm grateful for my health. You can write about I'm grateful for my friends. You give people ideas with those starting right. points for what they can do, which is awesome. Yeah. Yes, I think that any any everybody can be creative. You know, I don't necessarily say that every single person can sell paintings on for a living, but I think that we all have creativity. And once people start writing, some of the best writing, and I'm sure you agree, and you see this on your own site, is from people who wouldn't consider themselves writers, people who are just being honest and raw and telling it like they hear it in their head. Yeah, and I love you give that you give people starting points because I think when we've had a loss. We can really get stuck. It's really, really hard to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I've had a lot of compliments from people in therapy and psychology field who like a lot of the exercises that we put in the creative section. Mm-hmm. And what about exercise? Oh, yeah. So we have a whole section about the body. So, yeah, we had one interview about yoga, and then I had one of my contributors. I tried to write some of the body section. And I, you know, I've always really been into fitness, so I thought it was better to have Rachel Leventon, one of the contributors on Trump the Art, to share her experience after her father died of she kind of let herself go and then 
gained weight and then found her way back slowly. It's like, okay, how can I make some changes? And I feel like she had some great examples of what was I doing when I was really healthy and happy and active and how can I make those changes to my current life now? I like that, looking at the past because you've got to enjoy what you do. I mean, you know, if you've never run before, are you going to go out and be a runner? Or if you've never golfed before, now I've got to go out and, you know, I mean, you kind of need to build on what you have. What about one of the questions you ask, which I love, is this. Does the grieving process end? What's your thought? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I don't think it does. And it depends on how you, you know, then you get into all these little different minutia of the idea. You know, what do you consider grief to be? I think that there are these moments of grief that always pop up. And for me, um, this is kind of maybe a cross way of saying it, but I'm always like, my mother being dead sucks, and it's always going to suck. Like, there's never, like, a, a necessary... Sure, you can, like, kind of extrapolate some silver linings. Like, I could say, you know, I don't know for sure if my father and I would have gotten as close as we did, but because my mother died, we spent a lot of time together, and I heard all of these stories about him that I don't know if I normally would have heard because I would have been like, oh, my parents are together, they're happy, they l- they're so in love... They're not lonely, and I would pop in every now and then. But because my mom died, it was a major priority to me to come home consistently and to move back to Massachusetts, which I probably wouldn't have done if my mom hadn't died. Um, Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being on our show today, and we would like you to tell how people can get Allison's Law, Finding Deeper Meaning, and Honoring Lost Loved Ones. And we'd also like you to talk a little bit about your website, Trauma and Art. Sure. So you can get Alice's Law on Amazon, or you can also buy it on my site, traumatoart.org. You can get a signed copy from my site. And I think that you put a listing of it on Open to Hope. I, I know you wrote me an email, and I checked to see if it's up there. But you can find them, and you can you can Google Alice's Law, and you'll be able to you'll be able to get to it pretty quickly. Uh, so, and then Trauma to Art, we have a lot of different resources on there, creative. Um, prompts. We have a journal that people can download. We have a meditation podcasts that people can listen to to meditate to. Uh, we have different infographics. We have one that's like try figure out what kind of creative mind you have, and you answer questions, and the infographic leads you to what you might be interested in doing and other creative ideas um, and alternatives people might think of. You can only read a grief book. Like, there are a lot of different books out there that might bring comfort to people. So, yeah, it's all sorts of alternatives and what alternatives are out there for you to find uh, grief resources. And you can also, there's a form people can fill out and tell us what happened in their experience and we'll give them suggestions of grief resources. How great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thanks for everything you've done, and you really do honor your mom, and thank you so much. I agree. You really, really do honor your mom, and thank you for all you're doing for all of those out there that have lost a parent. Thank you so much. It was great to be on your show. And thanks for listening to the show today. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley with my daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and we want to remind you always that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless.